Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey guys, it's Candace and Kayla, and we are directionally challenged. Yep, we thought we would have it all figured out by the time we were in our 30s. But surprise, we don't. Nope, we don't. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> I'm realizing more and more it's okay, and most people don't. And I'm grateful that we have this to be able to remind each other that it is okay. Today, we're talking about something that is really near and dear to my heart and Candace, I know you and I have discussed it before too. children in the foster care system. Kayla, I'm really excited about today's episode because you've done something every year that I've known you, basically, which is a long time. Long you time. go you volunteer <laughs> at this incredible camp every year for the most part. And, and it's a it's a foster. It's a camp for foster kids, correct? Yeah. So I've always had a really soft spot for kids in the foster care system. My mom's a therapist and she started to um, work with kids in that area. And so it was in my life growing up. And um, I've been a camp counselor at a camp for kids in foster care for, you're right, Candice, over a decade. And it's something that really means a lot to me. And the statistics are 
just mind blowing. Um, so what do you so when you go to this camp, uh, what does what does a day look like? What What is the name of the camp as well? It's called Royal Family Kids Camp. And the whole po- purpose of this camp is to make kids in the foster care system feel like royalty. This camp is specifically for kids in the foster care system. Now, no one there knows that. None of the kids know that everyone else there is in foster care. And it's solely just for them to feel special, to experience all these wonderful things, go to the beach, go horseback riding, all these wonderful experiences. So, you know, most of them have lives that maybe don't have a lot of positive memories. And so it's to give them support and love for a full week of their life so that maybe when they remember their childhood, they remember positivity and that they were loved. And did you know what you were getting into the first time that you participated with this camp? Uh, No, of course not. I thought that it would be fun and easy and something to dedicate a little bit of time and a way to give back. My whole heart is with each individual kid I have ever been a camp counselor with. And I still think about these kids to this day. And there are so many of them. They part of part of the process of the camp is you can write mail to each other and it's just compliments and positive things. And I have a box in my closet of all the mail (laughs) that I've gotten from all these kids. And it is something that is so important. I know that the camp is there's a there's respect of privacy. um, But is there a moment when you first um, in the early years of of working with these kids and, and becoming a counselor? Is there a moment that really stuck out to you that that uh, made you go, oh my gosh, I have to do this every year. I I'm, need to show up for these kids every year. Like the, the reason why you keep all of those letters that you treasure so much. Absolutely. I can imagine there's thousands of moments. <laughs> there's but is so there many one of them. There's a out? few that stick out. You know, there's one um, that is, I'll of course leave this individual nameless, but um, there was a time when one of the girls who I had um, went through a big life change. We started her period and had no idea what to do. No one had ever talked to her about it. She had, I mean, this is such a huge life moment that so many of us go through, half the population go through. And she had no idea what was happening to her body. And I realized, wow, this is, no one had ever spoken to her about it. No one had ever talked to her about it. And so that was, this was one of my first years volunteering. And I went, okay, this is it. I'm going to do this. So I um, pulled her aside and took her through absolutely everything. Now, mind you, I started this such a long time ago. I think I may have been 18 or 19, which is not, but I'm still, I'm still growing as an individual as well. But I thought, hey, this is an opportunity to teach her something obviously that is wildly important and so, and personal. And I think that's something that's so hard is these kids are, they just don't have anyone there to teach them the really important things in life. And so I had this wonderful opportunity to teach her something that is wildly important that obviously would come into play throughout the rest of her adult life and um, have this wonderful experience with her of just saying, you're an adult woman now. And I'm, you know, I'm so proud of you. And so much of what my mom did for me, I just just came out and I thought, okay, this is what you do. And um, I mean, that's, you know, obviously a deeply personal one. But then um, just having these kids be kids is a huge part of the whole experience. I mean, one of one of my girls, I think it's it was a few years, a few years back. She wore sunglasses everywhere she went indoors, outdoors, everywhere. It was sort of her safety net. And then I remember my goal being, okay. by the end of this, 
camp. I want to see her eyes. You know, I want to see her eyes. I want everyone to see her eyes. I want her to feel comfortable enough to share her eyes with the world. And the last day she takes those glasses off and she is laughing like a kid, a completely different individual. And it just goes to show that we all are victims of circumstance of who of and, and you know, the hard part about this whole thing is that none of us have a say into what we're born into. And that's such a huge philosophy within our world. But none of us have a say into what we're born into. And they cannot help their circumstances. And boy, do they try. They are such fighters. And that's what I've realized as you grow up with um, an experience like that in being in the foster care system, a lot of these kids are really driven to become loving, caring, wonderful individuals, because that's actually not what they see a lot of. But then when you give them a glimpse a week of that, you can see it in them. And they, I mean, it sounds so cheesy, but they, they're like flowers that bloom within one week. So it's crazy what a week can do. I can't imagine what them having a life of love would do. And it's funny before having our child, my husband and I talked because I had always thought that maybe I wanted to be a foster mom and to have kids in the foster system. And it's not a decision that we've made just yet, but it's always open because I think that there's so much love to give and these kids can use it. Because Tanner started going to the camp yes, with you oh, as thank well you. and participating right, and being a counselor. Yeah. Yeah. So this is something we both did uh, before we had our own baby. And obviously we've had Poppy for two years and it's been a pandemic. Um, so we have yet to go back now that we are parents. But um, it's something we did together. And uh, seeing him with those kids was the sexiest thing I've ever seen, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, and to this day, you know, we still talk about the kids like they're part of our family. They're household names that we mention and stories we tell. And um, they are just such a light in a world that can be really, really dark. Yeah, I know just you mentioning the trauma that you know, statistically is experienced by any foster child. And I mean, I think it's nice that there's a conversation happening right now that I know that Oprah didn't come up with it, but I know she's really a big on promoting this idea that it's not, you know, what's wrong with you. It's what happened to you. And the fact that this is kind of a new conversation of like recognizing, you know, childhood trauma and and how it can affect the trajectory of your life. And so I, I always loved those stories that you would share with us as your friends of your experiences at that camp and, um, and you know, being able to, ha- there's like a, exactly what you're saying, this like glimpse of hope and light. Have you ever thought kids. of what life would be like if you didn't have your childhood? Uh, no, I mean, I, 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 uh, I mean, of course now I think when like having children, um, you know, I'm much more aware, like, I, I feel like you, it, it's impossible not to look back on your own childhood while also raising a child and start to see like parallels or ways that things are different. Um, and so in that way, I, I definitely like 
I think every parent analyzes their childhood when they have their own kids. <laughs> totally. um, but no, I mean, you know, when you're in it, it's all you know. It's so true. Doing this camp was the first time I thought, wow, who would I be? What kind of person would I be had I not had the childhood I had growing up? And I think so much of who we are stems from that. And um, that's why I love our guest today so much and everything that he's doing for kids in the foster care system. When did you first you said you saw him in an interview and you were just captivated. You guys, this is the coolest story. I was getting my nails done and looked at the TV and watched this new and they were talking about it and the subtitles were on and I stopped and asked the um, receptionist I said could you turn the TV on because I would love to hear what he's saying and I think this is a really important story that I would love to hear and so she stopped to to turn the television on and so everyone in the salon then started to watch this news program um, interviewing Francois Rayhani our guest today and I in that moment I knew we have to have him on the podcast I hope he comes on and I was so grateful because we emailed and his quick response um, was just amazing. So really excited for you guys to listen to our conversation with him today. Francois Rehani is the founder of La La Land Kind Cafe, the We Are One Project, and former founder of Bar Stellar and Poke the Raw Bar. Combining both his passions for hospitality and helping his community, Francois opened La La Land Kind Cafe in 2019. It's an organic cafe with the purpose of empowering foster youth aging out of the foster care system through employment and mentorship opportunities while on a mission to normalize kindness. Francois says, we dream big and hope we can make a statement to our nation that businesses can and should be doing more. Social enterprises should lead our future to create a better world. Without further ado, here is our conversation with Francois Rehani. And we are here with Francois Rehani. Francois, um, we're so grateful to have you. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, when researching you, your early years, it seems like your childhood is, is really what shaped you into who you are today. So we wanted to start at the beginning. Um, will you take us through what your childhood was like growing up? I know your dad had a heart attack at a young age and couldn't work after that, right? Yeah, so I grew, I was born in LA, but we moved to Mexico when I was just a couple months old. Uh, my dad had lost his business and had a massive heart attack, so he couldn't work anymore. So he kind of wanted to get out of LA, and so we moved to Mexico, where my parents like loved being, and that ended up being our home. And so growing up, you know, with that kind of in our household, I guess it pushes you into like adulthood pretty quickly. Um, you know, when your parents are struggling and your older sister is like having to like take, you know, she's very young and she's taking care of like the house sometimes it's, a, it, it pushes you pretty hard. Right. So even when you're a kid, you're not truly a kid. Um, but it, it was very fortunate for me because as I was growing up, I was always trying to figure things out, I guess. Right. So, I mean, and also I think some of it is just like, you're born with it. I don't know why when I was a little kid, I was going door to door selling calendars and like my aunt was a real estate agent so they would give out like free holiday like little ceramics and things like that and she would give them to me and I'd go around and sell them right <laughs> so it was it was and I was young it's not like someone told me to do that or I don't know what guided me to do that but that's how it all started and I started washing people's cars in the neighborhoods and mowing the lawns and and so that that kept going and my dad had a little 
uh, t-shirt print shop. And I was working there since I was literally two, three years old, basically. And so growing up around that and working with people, it was something that I always just loved doing. And I loved creating things. And so, you know, a big drug war came about in Mexico that forced us to move. So we moved back to California. And there I started getting really, you know, involved in entrepreneurship very, very young. Um, for example, you know, in middle school, I was buying like three candies for a dollar at the 99 cent store and selling it at school for a dollar each or, you know, making like certain Mexican candies at home with like the powder on gummy worms and selling that at school. It, it was, it was a good little intro to everything. And then, you know, as I started to grow up a little bit more in high school, for example, we did a, a party promotion company that basically threw our after proms and after formals and all, all that kind of stuff. And, and this is like pre-social media because I know the kids now like have Instagram, like things that you have to oh, follow yeah. to go like a high school yeah. party. So this is like a whole other level of like starting a business when you're in high school. Absolutely. It's, it's pre-social pre media, which was really cool. It was fun for us at that time. I still mm -hmm. wish it was actually like that. Did you realize that you were starting businesses at these young ages? Like to you, was it like, well, I just saw a chance to like, I just wanted to make some money or I, this, I just had an idea and wanted to see it through. Did you understand like, wow, I have this entrepreneurial spirit and it, it's evolving and developing? Or did you look back and kind of see that now? No, absolutely. I did not like feel like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm starting businesses. It, it was more so just like trying to figure things out and make money, right? You're, you're growing up and you're, you know, I haven't taken a dollar from my parents since I was probably 11 years old. And that was always the mindset was I need to make money somehow. And so I'd come up with an idea and I would start doing it. And, and that's why, you know, my dad, for example, feel bad, feels bad all the time that he didn't give us what he wanted to give us and his old dreams and stuff. But I tell him all the time that if I did have that, I guarantee you, I probably wouldn't be successful right now. I definitely wouldn't be where I am. And really that's what drove me so far, right? You think about, and I even think about it now when I have kids, it's a big question mark as to how you want to raise them, mm -hmm. right? Because if I do give them everything and I build a great company and it ends up giving me tons of money, whatever it is, what's going to raise them right to also have that same drive. It's, it's a tough task. Well, I think you know the answer because just give them, you know, basically the lessons that your parents taught you are the lessons that most kids need, which is really cool. Um, okay. So you then are in LA and you guys move to Dallas. Right. Yeah. And then you this is such a wonderful story. You go on your phone and try to order pokey because that's something that's always available in Los Angeles where you guys were. And you saw a huge shortage in Dallas. There was no pokey. Right. Yes. Yeah, so my, my friend David came to visit from L.A. and he had like just casually said, let's grab pokey. So, you know, delusionally, we're just going on our phone pretending like we're going to be able to go somewhere. And that that was the moment where I realized, oh, my God, there's none. And. I think that that speaks to the fact of like any entrepreneur in that moment, I was in no position now that I look back at it. And honestly, this is when I realized that I really am crazy in those moments. Like I delusionally think that I'm going to be able to do it. And I just start pushing for it. And it is only when you look back, when you realize like, what was I thinking? Because in that moment, you know, I think I was 19. I had never worked in a restaurant. My parents don't have money to give me to open this thing. But somehow in my mind, it's always just been very push, push, push. So yeah, after that moment, 
I'm thankful for David coming and wanting to eat pokey because I tell him all the time, if, if that didn't happen, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of put together a concept and I pretended like everything was real and I was pushing hard for it and somehow found the space, found a Nobu chef, uh, convinced my friend and his parents to invest in it. And it was open uh, eight months later. But I love that it's not even just finding a Nobu chef. It's like, hey, come meet us at Starbucks. Like the fact that it all like each step, you're like, okay, well, first let's, we had to have to find a place. And then you actually did. And then it's actually finding the chef. And not only did you find one, but you got the chef to agree to meet you. Two young guys at a Starbucks who have (laughs) zero experience in hospitality. And I think it is such a beautiful thing to highlight that, you know, just when you're young, the opportunities that you could just kind of throw yourself into and, um, with no fear and also no regards for like, what if this doesn't work out? It's like, of course it's going to work out. Uh And it's like the beautiful combination of like drive and also the spirit of being young. Um, So you guys would go on with this Nobu chef to open up uh, your restaurant. Yeah, absolutely. It's a funny story actually, because we, we, we always wanted to kind of be able to steal Nobu chef. We wanted to have the highest end pokey shop ever. And so we went to eat at Nobu, not thinking that something was going to happen out of this experience. And we saw him being like literally the most amazing chef ever, interacting with all the customers, high energy, just a, a beautiful human being. And in the middle of all this, I'm, you know, I'm 19 years old. I just walk up to him in the middle of his shift. He's like serving people at the bar. And I straight up ask him, how much do you make? And he's looking around. Oh my God. He's like laughing. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I straight told him right there with all his coworkers and customers listening and all that stuff. We want to hire you. We're, we're starting a restaurant. You're the perfect guy. And, and so we got his phone number there and we met him at the Starbucks the next day. And I'm, you know, me and Jimmy still talk on a weekly basis to this day. Um, it's a, it's a beautiful story that he, he also is a special person and also very entrepreneurial to want to even take that risk. Right. Not, not a lot of people would do that. Are you that bold still now, even though it's been a few years? Is this part of your personality or is this something that solely comes out of your entrepreneurial spirit? No, it's it's my personality. I'm it's crazy. Who you are. I'm loud. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I love it. in trouble, but that's who I am. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good. Because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now, I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae, and they are both so (laughs) delicious. I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix. My favorite is the peach mango flavor. So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as two to three bottles of water. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code CHALLENGED and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code CHALLENGE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code CHALLENGED. It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly. And we're back. So at this point, you're a successful businessman. And, you know, after having had this success, you found that there you still weren't, I don't know if happy is the right word, but there was something missing. And a family friend spoke to you about their volunteer work in the foster system. And you felt like your eyes were opened to this terrible reality. Um, now, before we get into Lava Land Cafe and all that good stuff, we speak a lot on this podcast about pivoting in life. And we found that a lot of successful people have gone through a big life pivot that has changed them. And it sounds like this is yours. Can you take us through this mindset you had? Absolutely. So growing up, my only goal was to get rich, right? Like that was always the push. What can I create to make a ton of money? That was the center goal, right? So I always say that I was very, very fortunate to come up on this restaurant and everything so quickly at a, at a really young age because it taught me a massive lesson that probably a lot of people don't learn till later on in their lives. Um, 
we opened the restaurant and thank God, you know, lines were out the door. We broke our sales predictions by three, four times. It was really an insane experience. And of course it was very fun, but the more days that go by, you start to realize like, what, what am I doing with my life? Right. You're, you're in it a month or, or whatever. Or so, and there's money coming in and you're living a better lifestyle and you're getting the things that you thought you wanted. And then you're realizing, you know, my, my moment was I'm literally sitting here serving raw fish, collecting money and going home. Right. And, and when you look back at your life, when you're 90 years old and on your deathbed, what, what did you truly accomplish? What was the value of your life? And I just really did not want to say that I served raw fish and made a bunch of money. You know, it's, at the end of the day, it's, a, it's about life value. I believe that we're, as human beings, we're put on the earth to really do something with our lives. And I didn't want it to be that. Mm-hmm. So that really led me to the pivot of, of soul searching in terms of what did I want to do with my life and how could I be valuable to the planet? And so as I was doing that, my, my sister's friend, Erin, just happened to walk into to Poke at that time with her. And she didn't know I was soul searching or anything. She just started telling me about uh, where she volunteers. And so CASA, which is an amazing organization, they help kids that are currently in foster care. And that interests me a lot. So I signed up for the next meeting. And it happened to be... So CASA holds a meeting every month where it's more like informational and educational and the topics change. So it happened to be that that month, the meeting was specifically about kids who age out of foster care, which is not something that they normally talk about. And they had brought three kids in to tell their stories. So, you know, we went to the meeting. Uh, one of the kids went up, said their story, you know, just the craziest, like the craziest story that you could ever possibly hear, right? Living in 15 different homes, getting abused by three different parents, put on nine different drugs, you know, abuse from the father coming after her aging out of foster care, becoming homeless, going into prostitution. I mean, just like you're sitting here looking at an 18 year old girl, tell you all this stuff. And you're sitting there thinking, how in the world did this happen? Right? Because she was a part of our government system, which at the end of the day means that she's our child, right? She's our responsibility, mine and yours. And I, so I thought, okay, this is like maybe one story out of a couple. I mean, how many, how many people can this happen to? So then the next two go up and say their story and they just progressively get worse. And by the end of the three stories, I'm like already in mass shock. Then, you know, the speaker comes back up and starts going over the statistics nationwide. And I was about to pass out because I had never heard of anything about this. Then I sort of realized how drastic the problem is. You're talking about tens of thousands of kids every single year. I don't know if you knew this, but this is also something that we learned recently. Over half of the entire homeless population has came out of foster care. I mean, just insane statistics. So, you know, after I learned this, I went home that night. This was like the real pivot in my life. I felt like this was what I was meant to do, right? Like my, my life purpose could be to something actually good. And so... I like for the next month went on a deep, dark hole of like researching and learning and going to all these different nonprofits and talking to people and youth about what's happening. And the more you learn, 
the worse it gets. So the more interested you get, because you're more passionate about understanding this, this is a horrible system and, and no one's really trying to fix it. And the main problem is no one even knows this is a problem. Mm-hmm. So if no, one knows, if no one knows it's a problem, there's no way it's going to be solved. Right. And so, yeah, a month in, I, I decided I wanted to leave that, that restaurant and kind of be able to focus on, on what I was doing, which is why I started the We Are One project. I had a bunch of help from people in different nonprofits that really knew what they were doing. Obviously, I was just passionate. And I went into it delusionally thinking that I'm going to solve the whole problem. I mean, you know, this is, this is always the same thing. You kind of just like run into these things without really looking at the big scope. What was the initial root of the We Are One project when you so, say you wanted to solve every single problem? Because I think a lot of when people start nonprofits, that they run into exactly what you're talking about right now. Absolutely. So I don't believe in Band-Aids, right? We, we wanted to create a full solution. And that meant for me providing housing placement, job placement, therapy, help with schooling and mentorship. I thought in my mind, that if you give those five things to youth every single time, we'll put them on the right track, right? And so when we launched and we started doing that, that proved to not be right at all. Um, I didn't realize two main issues. First of all, even if you gave them housing and therapy and all these things, they couldn't get or maintain a job because employers didn't want to give someone that has never had a job a job. And even if they did, it was like a Taco Bell. And you have to understand that this is a kid that has gone through 18 years of life alone, not taught anything from social skills to regular life skills. And they're probably taking a bus from an hour away. So the Taco Bell job wasn't lasting, right? They don't care enough to actually make this work. And the second part that I didn't realize was when you go through 18 years of literally the worst trauma in your life, sometimes all these solutions are still not enough because you're deeply hurt inside, right? And, and even if you have the best mentor or therapist and a nice place to live and a job, deep trauma in childhood is very different. And it's not just like, oh, hey, let's be happy and put you in all these things. You can hop over these barriers because a kid sometimes will never get over the fact that their parents did not want them. They will never get over the fact that not only their parents didn't want them, but then no one did. And they aged out of the system. And so forever they feel worthless and alone. Right. So those were two massive roadblocks that I just didn't think of going into it. So that that problem really is what led to creating La Land, where we want to do multiple things. Not only did we want to create a platform that work to help hire foster youth, but we want to also share that with other businesses, right? Because we know that even if we open 10,000 coffee shops, not every kid is going to want to work in a coffee shop. It's not going to solve the whole job problem, right? We need other companies to hop on board and also be able to help. And so we need to create a platform that works for basically anyone. And really more so, you know, on that same level, we wanted to work towards normalizing kindness. We believe that the world is just in a place of so much division and hate and people just don't care about each other anymore. And people just don't understand that we're all human beings. We all have feelings and we all go through life. And we all also have different opinions because we were raised differently, but that doesn't mean that I should hate you for something that you believe in. 
Because if I was raised how you were, I might believe the same thing, right? So we just need to be more loving and understanding of each other. And we felt that we could do both of these things through a coffee shop. And I want to take you back to La La Land Kind Cafe because some of our listeners might not know exactly what that is and what the concept is. So can you take us through that? Yeah. So so the main concept is being able to normalize kindness and hire and mentor foster youth who are aging out of the system. And so when we created the concept, I wanted to make sure that put the social causes to the side, right? We would be the best coffee shop on earth because we don't need... Uh, we're not trying to come into this saying, oh, hey, choose us just because we do this. Right. Right. You're choosing us because you want to, because it's, it's a superior product, design, service, all that kind of stuff. Right. So we, we set out to create, a, you know, through the name La La Land, we want to really be like a heaven on earth, the happiest place on earth. And so when you walk in the whole design from all the white and all the yellow pops, uh, it was meant to induce happiness. And then through our products as well, we wanted to induce nostalgia and through the music, we wanted to take you back to a place where you were happy. And so all these things that we created, uh, you know, butterfly blue lattes that taste like fruity pebbles, just yeah. really, really getting creative and creating a place where someone truly felt a sense of happiness. For example, we tell people we love them as they leave. Probably not a normal thing that you hear in a coffee shop, but it's a part of what we believe in and we want people to love each other more. Right. So, which is why we do it. And then, uh, on the other hand, of course, it was being able to set up this platform to make a system that works with hiring foster youth, right? And throughout the past two and a half years, we've changed our program eight, nine times. It's still not mm-hmm. perfect. And it's still something that we're working on. What are some of those learning curves in case there's someone who owns a business or owns a coffee shop or a cafe who is interested in a similar you know, uh, business model, essentially? Absolutely. Um, you know, the learning curves are, you go into this very optimistic, right? And the hardest part, because when I started this, I never once thought about what am I going to do if I have to let a youth go? Mm. Like that never even crossed my mind. Right. And then you open up and you get to a point where it's just, what we do is very sensitive in many ways. Right. Um, if a youth isn't doing what they need to do and you're providing all the support that you possibly can, they're still not doing what they need to do. It's even worse to keep them there and reward that those kind of actions. Then we're reversing everything. Right. So that was a very hard thing to come face to face to understand that, Hey, sometimes we're going to fail and be another, you know, sad moment in these kids' lives, which is, you know, gut wrenching for you. Um, but also, when you're trying to solve a social cause, there's no perfect solution, right? So when you launch, I, I, I would hope that people launch a little bit slower than we did because you have to really test and see what works and what doesn't work to really be able to impact someone's life. We started with eight youth all at one time the day that we opened and that ended up not being good for anyone, right? And that was a big learning curve for us is, mm-hmm. Hey, when it comes to the social side, I'm always push, 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 push on the business side, but, and that works for the business side, but that's not necessarily what you want to do when you have human beings lives on your hand, right? That shouldn't Mm -hmm. be a push, push, push. So now we've learned to 
slow down with, with our social side and really look at what's happening on a day-to-day, step-by-step basis to try to make something work well for everyone. No, it's just, it's interesting. We actually had Caitlin Crosby, of who, the founder of The Giving Keys on this podcast a while back. And it's a very similar business model. And just hearing, you know, the parallels of the learning curves. Um, because exactly, it's like, it, it, it was an element of it. Like you want to go in, I think you mentioned like wanting to save the whole world and realizing that it really becomes like a one-on-one. It's a person-to-person experience. Mm-hmm. It is so centralized within a specific, like you're in one town, one community, and it's just the people that you come across with and see if it, if it, it has to work on both sides, essentially. Absolutely. How many have completed the program to date? Do you know around? Yeah. It doesn't have well, to be a specific number, but. Yeah, we, we've had 18 or 19 youth come through the program. Now, that doesn't mean that everyone was a success, successful completion, right? We, we, we don't think that we did as much as we could. We don't think that our program was as perfect as it could have been. And we just launched a newer program that is turning out to work very, very well that we're excited about. But through this process in the past two and a half years, we've, of course, failed some youth that we just weren't able to help, right? So Mm -hmm. uh, one thing that I really want people to know and understand from hearing this is when you launch, it's not going to be perfect and there's you shouldn't have the expectation to do so, right? When I listen to, and that's one of the things that I hate about reading business books and and some of these podcasts where people go on there and they make everything seem as if, hey, it's perfect and I'm doing all this and I'm changing the world. But someone has to understand that it's not that easy. And when you launch, it's not going to be perfect. And you shouldn't be that hard on yourself. You should just work on getting better. Are there what? any specific um, success stories that you that stick out to you? In terms of our youth? Yeah, in terms of individuals. Yeah, absolutely. We, we have a really special uh, youth that we have here who's actually one of our corporate trainers right now. She started off, you know, at the very bottom. And it is really a, a joy to be around how positive she is. You would never believe after you hear what stories she's been through. And she worked her way up and really inspires everyone through the company. And actually, so great story off this one. She, well, the beginning of the story is, is very sad because Sierra had had a miscarriage uh, a couple of years ago. And that had stuck with her for a very long time. And then we got to a more positive point where she was pregnant again. And she was very happy, but also nervous because of the first time. And our, our team here, uh, our guy here, Jeremiah, which is actually the name on the Skype. We, we came up with, uh, we submitted a David Dobrik competition on TikTok where he was helping people that were in need. So me and Jeremiah sat there and made this video with our team here, Hazel and everyone. And we submitted her story. And she ended up being the top winner and she got $50,000 from David Dobrik to start her life with a new child. And then her child, Violet, was born healthy. And now she's back in our stores, spreading tons of kindness and, and making everyone's life a lot better. I know you've, we've discussed a lot of the learning curves that you've had on the business side, but what are some of the positive learning experiences that you've taken away from uh, specifically, you know, the the cafe that you guys have built together? Like what, what is something that you've learned about kindness and community that you didn't realize when you started this venture? Yeah, I think, you know, when I started, I always focused on the massive wins and the massive uh, impacts, 
right? Like you want to do this at great scale and you want to do things that changes someone's life forever, right? And those are things that of course we love it and we love to see when those happen. But one of the things that I learned was all of these small interactions on a day-to-day basis, we can't take those for granted because, you know, the perfect example for you is, I don't know if you've seen our TikTok and what we call our drive-by kindness videos. We went out and we just started complimenting random people. And when you see their reaction, and we actually interviewed some of them after the reaction, they saw the TikTok and what mm-hmm. they say about how that made them feel. And then the videos start getting 20 million views. And you know the TikTok blows up and we're getting literally thousands of messages and emails about how much that meant to someone. Then you start to see, holy, this small compliment isn't really a small compliment, especially when you start to do it at scale, right? That's what's beautiful about our stores and how we get to see many people every single day, hundreds and hundreds or thousands of people. When we have these interactions with someone, it really, this small amount of kindness goes a really, really long way and it compounds, right? And I'm sure one of you has received a compliment where it made you either feel good or great for that day or made you feel better. And so you spread more kindness onto other people or it made you more confident forever. I I know I've received compliments in my life, whether it's through uh, my leadership abilities or whatever it is that make me more confident as I grow. And I think it's important to note those things about people and understand that, hey, on on this day-to-day basis, when we have these small interactions, let's try to be very intentionally kind to others and, and see what that does for people. It's crazy how simple that is. It's crazy how that concept is so unbelievably simple, yet for whatever reason, it just, uh, we forget to do it and something that we constantly need to be reminded of. I know you have um, a time constraint, but I just wanted to ask one more question because it seems so lovely that you grew up in Los Angeles and your first job was in Santa Monica. And um, how does it feel to give back to a community that kind of molded and shaped you uh, into who you are today? It just seems like a really beautiful full circle experience. Yeah, it, it is crazy full circle. Um, it's it's really one of like those cool moments in your life, like a bucket list moment, right? Having having worked right there now coming back and serving the community that also, you know, did a lot for you. I think any entrepreneur kind of dreams of that. And then you come and you do it and it works. And it's just one of those things that will fulfill you forever, right? Um, giving back is, people have to understand, and I hope that people do get this out of this video, is making money is great. And trust me, I'm, t- I'm not telling you that, oh, I, I don't want to make any money. I like having nice things. Anyone does, right? But the life value and fulfillment that you get from the giving back side is even greater, right? So I, I would really try to persuade people to find that balance in their lives. Francois, what's next? Where else are, can we see the La La Land Kind Cafe? I know there's locations in Dallas. We were just talking about Santa Monica location. Yeah, there's there's a lot in the books. I can't tell you too, too much, but we, we are planning a pretty large expansion. There's definitely going to be some more in Texas and hopefully we'll see if something does happen in, in LA and elsewhere. Well, I'm in Nashville, so I will definitely go to one if it pops up here in Nashville. <laughs> it's a very hip place <laughs> to be. Okay. <laughs> I, I actually visited Nashville a couple months ago. So yeah, who knows? Maybe one day. 
Yay. Fingers crossed. Uh, where can our listeners follow you and La 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 Kind Cafe and We Are One Project to continue the conversation and maybe join and help support? Yeah. La La Land Kind Cafe is on TikTok and Instagram. It's literally just the full name. And then I'm at Francois Rehani on Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you for all you're doing for our community here in Los Angeles and for all communities and um, all the the youth out there who really need extra support. It's it's an incredible thing. So thanks. It's my pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. So, Candice, I know that you are no longer in Los Angeles, but when you come back to visit, we have to go to Santa Monica and go to this cafe and try the Fruity Pebbles latte because it's something that I want to do so, so badly. Mel, you can come too. We can have a little directionally challenged meeting at La La Land Kind Cafe and um, give each other compliments. How about that, guys? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I no, I'm I'm was serious. I was pitching hard at the end, being like, uh, Francois, you gotta come to Nashville. There's plenty, <laughs> plenty of space to open up a La La Land kind cafe. Uh, it's exciting. I and and I and I do if uh, I know I mentioned it earlier. If you've not listened to our conversation with Caitlin Crosby, it was, you know, very early on in this podcast. She has a company called The Giving Keys, which is um very parallel to the way that Francois set up the La La Land Kind Cafe. Um, it's, it's a for-profit business, but it helps specifically hiring, um, people to trans help transition them out of homelessness. She mm-hmm. has an incredible story and it comes with a lot of learning curves. Cause I think people forget that if you want to start a non-for-profit, it's, it's, a, it's very difficult. It's doable, but it, there's a lot to learn, um, as well as a for-profit business that is trying to, you know, help the world. And I think it's a nice reminder that, you know, as much as we all want to save the world, kind of like zoning in on one element of it is where you're going to see a huge impact. Like, I love that Francois realized like, okay, it's, it's foster kids that are aging out of the foster system who need a job. Mm -hmm. It's someone who's not typically employable because they haven't been given the opportunity 
and the tools at, at a very young age to, to also be going out into the world and, and who needs a job um, and who just needs a chance. And so I love that that is specifically um, kind of where he saw uh, the space in which he could create something really special and opportunity for these kids. And isn't life crazy that he ends up choosing to go to a meeting and it happens to be on this specific topic. And then he, it just, sometimes there are things that are so meant to be, and he is so clearly on his path. And I love that he wanted to figure out how he could be of use to the world and have value because so many people have that same story where they want to make money. We all want to make money. We want to climb the ladder. We want to be at the top of the ladder. But then he found once he got there that there was so much more missing. And um, one thing I would love to talk about that we didn't get a chance to ask him about their slogan. Their slogan at La La Land Kind Cafe is don't be a dick. And I think that's (laughs) hilarious because... um, He said in an interview that I was watching that he found that he was sort of embodying that and he realized that that's not the kind of person he wanted to be. And so he created that slogan to also remind himself to not do that and to and then, you know, to normalize kindness. And again, it's something so simple. It makes me so happy to talk about the fact that giving a compliment to someone is will can change their life, change their day, change their month. It's so simple. I was also encouraged just to hear, you know, such entrepreneurial spirit coming out of, I mean, obviously I know they started in, you know, the La La Land Kind Cafe in 2019. So this was, you know, just before the pandemic started. Um, But that he's still, there's still an evolution, you know, they are opening new businesses. And, and so, you know, for this younger generation that in the last couple of years, trying to navigate college and or or their first jobs, they just got out of college or, you know, just affordable housing anywhere in this country. I I appreciate that Francois, you know, it sounds like he's always had that go get them attitude. Um, Yes, it does. (laughs) You know, partially of circumstance. And I think partially of just that's just, you know, who he is as as a person. That's how he's built is kind of what I took away from his conversation with him. Mm -hmm. Um, But that that it is still possible right now um, because I, you know, that's so important is, is to, especially for this younger generation to hold on to an entrepreneurial spirit. It, that is, you know, when, when you're young, you know, the fact that he was bold and brazen enough just to walk up to, you know, at one, at one of the nicest sushi restaurants asking a sushi chef, how much do you make in an hour? <laughs> you know, that is a very, uh, I mean, bold very bold very bold bold move move. um that you know nowadays i think it's like finding that kind of encouragement or hearing a story like that when you're when everyone's in a mask and can you even walk into a restaurant um but trying to at least take away some of the the magic and and the spontaneity and the drive um that francois has had and and knowing that you can still apply it right Mm -hmm. now you can you can do that it's possible. You know, at the time, everything he was trying to accomplish, he said there's, you know, there was no reason why it all should have worked out. I've never been in hospitality and and look, look at where he is now. And and so it was just it was really exciting and refreshing to hear. Right. And because of, you know, we talk so much about um, the age of the listeners on our podcast and they a lot of you listening are the age that Francois was when he just decided to be fearless and start his 
own business, even though he didn't have a lot of experience in it and how invigorating and uh, just, I guess, inspiring. I'm trying to find a better word because we use the word inspiring all the time, but how inspiring he is to have done that and not only do that, but then choose to um, give back is he's a wonderful individual. And um, I'm just happy we had the chance to talk to him. I do want to just say some t- some statistics about the foster youth, because I know he shared one with us that said 50 percent of homeless young adults were previously in foster care. And that statistic is staggering. I mean, when we have a homelessness crisis here in Los Angeles, and I'm sure many other cities have it as well you realize that it has to stem from somewhere. And a lot of that, clearly half, stems from foster care. And, you know, 48% of girls in foster care become pregnant by 19. And 50% won't graduate high school. 60% of child trafficking victims have history in foster care. And I, I think one of the hardest statistics to read is kids in foster care are four times more likely than anyone else to attempt suicide. So there is a lot of trauma here that um, Francois right that needs to be dealt with. And, and it's such a huge beast to try and tackle. I don't even know what to say about it now. I'm, I get emotional talking about it. Well, it was I think he was getting he gets emotional talking right. about it still. And the fact that he said, you know, that it's an it's an evolution. You know, the process isn't just like a to Z. It's, right. It's they've had eight different programs since opening so that they can learn how to work with the kids. It's not I think what a humbling experience to realize that um, it, it goes both ways, you know, like they need to learn from the kids who have experienced the foster care system, who've experienced the foster care system and um, and how they can best serve them. And not just like, here's here's how we think it should go to, you know, have the best experience now. Here's therapy. Here's a job. Here's a mm-hmm. house. You know, it was really, um, I think, important to hear that, that uh, you know, Francois and his team's like recognition of um, what they needed to learn as well. You're right, Candace. I think you really just figured it out. It's not A to Z. It's such a windy road. And I think when something is simple and there are steps to fix it, a lot of people step up to try and fix it. But when it becomes really complicated and there isn't necess- there aren't necessarily perfect steps to solve it, that's when things get a little muddy and difficult to figure out. And that's what Francois was saying. I loved throughout our conversation how honest he was and how he didn't want to just sit here and pat himself on the back and say, look what I've done. He wanted to really be honest and tell us, hey, it's hard. We took a lot of learning curves and we still don't have it all figured out, which is obviously how we feel too in our life. And there's just a lot of parallels. Um, And I'm so grateful to have had this conversation with him and have his honesty really shine through. I agree. Kayla, I just got to say, I'm so happy you got your nails done that day. I hope they looked fantastic. We got... A, a wonderful interview out of it. Uh, Francois, thank you so much for joining us. Guys, again, it is the La La Land Kind Cafe. If you live in Dallas, if you live in California and Los Angeles, specifically the Santa Monica area. Um, and fingers crossed, can't wait to see all of the new uh, potential La La Land Kind Cafes opening soon. Nashville, come to Nashville. <laughs> we hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Directionally Challenged. We have another great one coming for you next week. We'll see you then. 
Directionally Challenged is a production of Pineapple Productions. Producer, Melissa DeMonts. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Music by Joe King. And advertising partnership with ACAST.